Cosmic Pleasure Podcast. I'm your host, Amy D. Thompson from amydintuitive.com. I'm an intuitive mentor, tantrika, energy healer, writer focused on topics of body, mind, soul, and sex. In this podcast, we discuss topics on discovering, developing, and embodying our limitless pleasure potential in this lifetime. We cover topics of sexual empowerment, spiritual development, energy medicine, mindfulness, and holistic health and wellness. This podcast is for the modern day human looking to open their heart and mind to the limitless potential of pleasure in life, love, and of course, sex. Enjoy. Hey babes, welcome back to the Cosmic Pleasure Podcast. Today on the pod, I have a gorgeous friend, Whitney Ebony, with me, and we have a conversation around our innate and intuitive knowings and life experiences when it comes to the realm of dating, dating as a single mama, vulnerability and sex, and all of the juicy topics surrounding This podcast is split into two parts, so we talked for just way longer than we intended to, so I've separated this episode into two parts, so stay tuned for part two, which will be released next week, but this pod is full of wisdom. The first part is around dating vulnerability, all of that kind of stuff. The second part is more about Whitney's work in Māori, traditional Māori healing. Whitney Ebony is a 28-year-old mama of two, Kaimirimiri, Kairaranga, space creator and wellness facilitator. She works in the beauty industry during the week and her weekends are often spent serving her community using traditional Māori healing methods and creating spaces for people to practice indigenous arts such as Raranga. Whitney's favourite mahi is birthed through collaboration with other wellness practitioners, especially Wahine Māori. It was an absolute honor to have Whitney on the podcast and I hope you enjoy our yarn just as much as I did. I'm sure there's so much juicy insight that you can take from it Um, and enjoy. Hey babes and welcome back to the Cosmic Pleasure Podcast today. Today on the pod we have Whitney and I'm so stoked to have you on the pod. So thank you for being here today. Thank you, babe. Cool. So um, I thought we could just start by you sharing a little bit about yourself, your journey, your work, how you ended up on the, what I would call the path of soul work um, and doing your indigenous um, arts and healing. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Okay. I could go on about this forever, but I'll condense it down into bite-sized pieces. (laughs) how I got into what I'm doing. I'll swap it about me. Um, I am a mother of two. I've been doing the mahi that I've been doing pretty much since having my boys. I think they really um, sent me. Uh, yeah, they they made me completely change my life path. Mm-hmm. They made me look at 
you know, look at life um, with a completely different lens. And I was really forced to get honest, get honest with myself. And um, there were a lot of things that were constantly knocking at the door, um, you know, lots of callings, lots of things that were yeah, calling me. And it wasn't until I had my voice that I finally, I think, built up the courage to um, answer. And one of the things was midi midi, throw me on me. So when I had my youngest boy three and a half or three years ago, um, I went into my first wānanga for midi midi never looked back from then it was instant it was just like a click yeah like a a cellular soul knowing absolutely fully and you know that's what my mentor um my first mentor at the time Tracy Lee um that's what she said she said you know being here um learning this it's it's just it's actually more about remembrance it's 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 not really you know as an indigenous woman it's Mm. not really taking on board new information it's more so remembering all the things that you practiced um that your ancestors practiced um and that's that's really what it felt like so I haven't looked back from then and that just really pushed me um into exploring more about indigenous arts um, so I went to study at Tiwananga or Aotearoa. I did Laranga weaving. Yep. Um, and that was amazing too. Huge part of my, my, oh, for lack of better words, spiritual journey. Yeah. Because um, it was the same. It was just yeah. another thing. It was just remembering our crafts. And um, there's so many, that, yeah, weaving has such a um, powerful therapeutic life force really um and you know doing that with community is just really powerful so mm-hmm. those have been my two my two main focuses um for the last few years yeah amazing yeah. cool and I love that because um like I only started getting into like painting like that's my physical creative outlet mm-hmm. well I've always dabbled in it for years because I lived with this um this lady this old lady who used to um she was in like her 80s and she used to teach um painting and art and stuff and I just happened to come across her but I was always I'd always put art as like not spiritual I don't know why I just had put it in the basket of not being very spiritual but like now I'm like this is such a huge huge like I guess like spiritual is just the word that we have available to us to use to describe it but yeah it's, mm. so it's amazing that you found that um in your art that's so cool. yeah I actually remember um reading something and I don't remember word for word but the gist of it was um like spirituality is really just a lens you know anything can be spiritual it's mm-hmm. how you you practice it it's how you perform something yeah any so many things can be spiritual and that's just ingrained in the Maori culture too right like yeah. um like I was discussing this the other day on a different podcast and like Maoris just are spiritual they don't mm-hmm. need spirituality to be outside of themselves it's like everything right. they do is ritualistic and it, spirit is within them and with even everything mm-hmm 
on this planet so I guess that makes sense right 100% hit the nail on the head babe it's yeah <laughs> it's um would would say why do I tongue it's 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 everything oh we just have um that sort of belief that we're connected with everything yeah I adore that so much cool and so today on the pod Whitney and I really wanted to yarn about dating and intimacy because um Whitney and I are two single mamas and we're navigating the dating world relatively well I'm not sure about you but for me it's like relatively infrequently I flit in and out of the dating arena because it's a lot for me um right now um but yeah we wanted to talk about dating in general but also dating as single mamas and mm. all of the things so I thought maybe we could just because it's scorp season just go straight into the shadows and talk about like the challenges um mm. that have come up for us in dating and intimacy and um like the blocks fears false beliefs challenges that have surfaced for you in particular as well mm. and yeah and kind of what they've taught you oh I feel like this is such a huge <laughs> such a huge conversation I almost don't know where to start yeah um just word vomit <laughs> yeah like I really wanted to talk with you about this because I just love um like I love the work that you put out you know on mm-hmm. social media all of the work you do around sex and opening like really important conversations and yeah. around intimacy and vulnerability and I just think that I of all, you know of all the people that I'm exposed to I do have quite a few um, people in my life who are really vulnerability advocates you know yeah. in that way but it's it's still less common you know it's still not very common and I still find that a lot of my friends a lot of um women and men yeah that I spend time around are still like of the understanding that like vulnerability like oh never would I ever you know well we talk about it as though it's negative as well don't we like even sometimes when I talk to my therapist she's like so it leaves you feeling quite vulnerable I'm like yeah it did but like that's how I fucking grow right like it's not a bad thing I don't really see it's like kind of trying to shift that mindset Mm -hmm. of vulnerability that yeah it's hard to be vulnerable it makes us feel weak right it does it makes Mm -hmm. us feel weak initially but there's also so we have to feel weak as you would know being a single mama I, I know for me my journey into single motherhood I had to feel weak and vulnerable and a little bit pathetic to then find the resilience to get the fuck back up to drag my ass off the bathroom floor and like be there for my son but also be there for myself you know Mm -hmm. like we need that I guess like and a lot in the work that I do I see it as like a cracking open you know we all need mm-hmm. cracking open and it's horrible that yeah. also like I crave that shit I guess it might be the Scorpio mm-hmm. nature in me but I like crave vulnerability in relationship you know like mm-hmm. I want you to and I'm always like trying to like get through the bullshit like the superficial chit chat I'm like tell me something real like tell me something painful <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean um how have you found dating this time around so I guess like Mm. I think we're both on the same path 
well similar paths with dating like for me I am in a space where like this time around I don't want bullshit you know like mm-hmm. I, I'm really setting intentions to be authentic and be mm-hmm. vulnerable because I've in the past gone into relationships not completely myself and mm-hmm. it doesn't end well right it doesn't end well but yeah how have you been navigating dating <laughs> yeah I mean just from the chats that we've been having I think we have been on quite similar similar paths for sure mm. um, I guess when I sort of have been navigating things more recently when I reflect back I don't know six something years um before having my kids and before being in that relationship mm. um with their dad I I think back and I just think it was a completely different world for me dating it was just so different I was so different number one but um yeah it just it felt completely different so I guess now I think because of um now being a you know being a mama and now just having a lot more courage to be really honest with myself um having a bit more like bravery I guess from going through the same things that you've said you know from from deciding to make myself vulnerable Mm. and then having you know the most tender heart pretty much my whole entire dating life since I don't know what was it last year yeah just yeah, it's felt like full crack, crack open. Um, but I went into the dating game this time around with the intention to do that. I, yeah. I, I was like, yep, um, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to, it sounds, it sounds funny, but I was like, I'm ready to really heal these relational wounds. Like I'm not really interested in, yeah. And I don't know if it's because we're mama and, we just don't have the, any surplus energy for bullshit. We don't have time no. for no capacity yeah, for that. We shit. don't have capacity for for games and you know meaningless. I'm not gonna lie. I have had lots of meaningless connection over my yeah. this this dating phase. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's worn thin. Uh, it's it's yeah. My patience is worn thin for it yeah. really quickly. Um, yeah. And I've definitely settled in the place of, yeah, I don't, I just don't have the energy. I just, I, I don't know. But sometimes we have to like, I mean, I totally get what you're saying. Like I've only had a couple of like sexy flings this year when I have been single since I've separated. But for me, it's really solidified my beliefs that I can't do casual you know mm-hmm. that, like yes. not I'm not saying that no one can but for mm-hmm. me where mm-hmm. I'm at right now in my life it yeah. doesn't make me feel filled up or fulfilled mm-hmm. or good about myself after and there's mm-hmm. too much of um there's too much pain afterwards for me to yeah. recover from and mm-hmm. if if the person isn't doing the work as well like we do have that energy within our body for like four months oh not four months mm-hmm. sorry one month four weeks um afterwards so I think that's a big contributor but I mean you can do rituals to cleanse and stuff and of course the temptations so there like there's times where I'm like I have not had sex 
like in ages and I want to have sex but then it's just like I know health wise for the healthiest version of myself I've just like resisted it but um Mm-hmm. yeah like vulnerability wise I think we're on the same path you know like mm-hmm. yeah we don't have the capacity for bullshit and I think mm-hmm. um I guess like I I just want to put a disclaimer out there for people that like being vulnerable it's not all lala like we're talking about oh, intentional no. dating <laughs> it's painful right like I it find it pain. painful dating pain. like this it's hard mm-hmm. it is hard especially when you've never dated like this before because well I haven't personally like well I've tried to in the past but this is the first time I'm successfully well I don't know if it's successful but like actually sticking to my um wants and my intentions and choosing to say no to those to those things but yeah it is um, a painful journey (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just I love hearing you speak about it because every word you say I'm like we really are we really have had the same experiences yeah. I feel like for, for quite a while I entertained this this thing sticks in my head that my girlfriend um said to me when she did a reading for me when I first was just sort of like I don't know putting my feelers out there decided to you know see what it was like to date I remember Mm. her saying to me like Whitney you have always done the cool girl thing you've done Mm. the cool girl thing you've done the no connection you've done the no strings attached you've done the no emotions um but you've done it you know from from the place of it was just people pleasing it wasn't my true true and I want to be like that yes it was just a build-up of trauma and people pleasing and I just was like oh it's really easy for me to emotionally cut off right now and to continue to get what I want I'm going to keep up this front of like I am the cool girl that can do the no commitment thing and and by doing this I can get you know whoever I want because I'm easier I'm easier to deal with in that way I am too and I've been the do it like a dude girl for way too fucking long in my lifetime and that's why I ended up on this path in the first place you know so I totally get it and we do you like it's um for me anyway it's a protective thing you know like if I don't give a fuck if I've got the power and they desire me then I'm safe babes like I don't have to Mm -hmm. I don't have to deal with the vulnerability but um, that's the thing. If you if you truly want to be intentional, when you go into the dating realm, it's going to take vulnerability. It's going to take authenticity. Mm-hmm. It's going to feel painful. It's going to feel uncomfortable. And you're going to have to be brave enough, like you say, to mm-hmm. ask for what you want. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what, that was the whole point of why she was saying it to me. She was saying, you've done all that you've done that it's it was fun it was cool but your heart is desiring so much more now you know and to to get where you want to be and to have your heart's desires you're going to have to crack wide open you know like the sort of how you described it before and be open to being vulnerable and admit to yourself what you actually desire from somebody and put yourself you know shop for yourself and be able to put that forward to the person that you want it from and 
yeah, it takes so much when you're like how we've said that we've been in the past. It takes so much to get to that to that point. And I think a lot of people, you can weigh in on this, I think a lot of people will tell themselves consistently, oh, I have so much trauma. I'm not ready. I'm not healed. You know, I really need to deal with my attachment style first. I really need to see a therapist first I really need to go to counseling first and absolutely those things are so super important for sure absolutely Mm. but something else that I you know because I had all of those thoughts in my head too but that was a lot of that was coming from my ex who was telling me you need to heal you need to do this you are fucked up yeah so my ex was the whole like you're fucking crazy you're that I'm like I'm not fucking crazy I'm just a woman I'm a woman and you have not learned about us and that's the that's the truth I mean of course we all have elements of imbalance we all have imbalance that we're navigating but gaslighting does damage too right so I guess of course it's like trying to heal from that but I don't think I think there's this like stigma and I see it a lot flitting around social media that like we should be healed like Mm -mm. before we go into a relationship or before we date but the reality is like we're never going to be fucking healed before ever like we are going to die unhealed like you know like we're still going to have more shit I promise you even the Buddha has shit something Mm -hmm. even if it's small you know like so it's trying to like of course like for me I've taken like breaks from dating because I've known okay now's an inner time like mm-hmm. it, I, but mm-hmm. I've had to go out to be like to learn that because I'm like okay let out and I'll see like oh mm-hmm. no 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 this there's something I need to learn or integrate mm-hmm. and that's fine but like don't stop yourself from yeah, yeah from dating because of that that's what I was gonna say babe was from I went from that place of um thinking oh I'm not worthy yet you know I'm not worthy yet and everything on social media and this the the people around me who are telling me this they're right and I'm not worthy of you know trying or putting myself out there yet because I really do have so much work to do but what I learned was there is you there is no way to learn like actually practicing you know Mm -hmm. and to practice and learn and heal the relational trauma and the wounding and to learn more about yourself and all of that you actually have to just do it you have to actually just put yourself in those relationships um not you know not necessarily boyfriend and girlfriend if you're not ready for that but I mean you have to start relating to people to heal the relational wounds like you have to be doing that you can't there's so much there's only so much intellectualizing you know there's only so many books and podcasts and everything that we can understand but it's the the real like when shifting from the closed off cool girl with guard around her heart when shifting into you know this is a funny way to put it because I feel like this is a really popular term at the moment but the Mm. soft girl yeah when when on that transition you're not going to get anywhere if you're just intellectualizing the whole thing like it comes into play when you start practicing in real time right and, and you're can't you be both as well? You know? uh, well, both come in handy in different times and different, mm. you know, different relationships, different contexts for sure. But yeah, I think that, well, yeah, I think 
we have a funny, a funny, a funny way of really just avoiding intimacy by saying, I'm not ready because I'm unhealed and I'm not worthy yet. When really you're never going to be more worthy, you know, than right now. You're always yeah. going to have, like you said, you're always going to have something that you need to integrate. You're always going to have something that you need to work on, something you need to heal. It's never going to end. It's always going to be forever messy. Yeah. And you're just cutting yourself off from, these are all the patchworks that I've had to have with myself. It's you're just cutting yourself off from receiving love and intimacy by telling yourself that you're not worthy it's a complete story you know complete story and also like i know this pod is good babes but i have a gift for you are you feeling stuck or in need of some soul-led guidance in life love or sex longing to come home and learn more about a higher and more loving version of yourself love to blend spiritual wisdom and teachings with modern real life chit chat Are you ready to face yourself with brutal honesty to induce the juiciest healing? At Amy D Intuitive, I offer my clients soul support through one-to-one coaching and intuitive readings. I am an intuitive tantra coach with seven years experience working in and growing as a student of the spiritual. I am offering a beautiful discount on a 60-minute one-to-one coaching session of 10% for all of my glorious podcast listeners. Simply use the code Amy D. Soul on checkout when booking your 60-minute one-to-one coaching session and the discount will be applied. I can't wait to work with you and to support you on your journey home to more of yourself, body, mind, soul, and sex. So recognizing that these worth blogs, if you wait for them to disappear, you might be waiting forever. You know, like you might be waiting forever and not only that, but like sometimes like how is fear taking you into places that you don't want to go? You know, like Mm -hmm. um, how is fear of, well, for me anyway, on, on my journey at the moment, it's like, am I, you know, there's that mirror concept that we hear a lot in the spiritual world of like your partner's going to mirror you. I'm like, that's not completely true you know of course like you do have to work on your beliefs and your patterns and see them and all of that kind of stuff but there also comes a point in time where it's like how are you still being hard on yourself and blocking yourself by not sometimes trusting and taking the leap after you've done a certain amount of integration because we can overthink those things you know like and mm-hmm. overthink else or I do it I overthink myself out of it sometimes you know and um there is an element of trust needed with dating you know like especially when you're dating intentionally which we're both trying to do that's something I've struggled with is like trusting that what I'm asking for is okay you know like what I'm asking for mm-hmm. is isn't it's I am enough to receive what I'm asking for yeah and it is, it does take trust. It's like, I teach my intuitive clients, like being an intuitive channel, all of us can do it. Mm-hmm. It's just trusting yourself enough to mm-hmm. speak up or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's the same, it reflects the same into our dating life. It's like, okay, how can we trust that? Like we are going to manifest the love and the relationship that we want, you know, and trusting that 
it's not too much to ask for you know like of course I'm sure there's people who are unreasonable and picky and like all the things um but as a general rule of thumb I think when you're navigating intentional dating it's trusting as well that it's not too much to ask for a lot of the time we're just asking for the bare minimum (laughs) absolutely and I mean I don't know if we want to go down that route but society has really set us up to be doing that though you know and especially as women we Mm -hmm. are you know we're we're definitely we're we're coming away from it a lot of us are stepping away from it now but yeah our voice has been stripped completely so it's such a new thing for us to be in a place where we can work on um trusting like you said our internal compass like actually listening to that actually being able to identify what we need and want yeah putting it you know showing up for ourselves is it's pretty new territory for women and then to be able to bring that out as well and to say that to someone else especially a man Mm -hmm. and I was talking to my yeah I was talking to my girlfriends last night it's like this time that we're in right now is the safest women have ever been to be the most of ourselves that we've ever been Mm -hmm. so it's like of course we're feeling scared of course it feels Uh painful and do you know what it probably feels painful because our ancestors weren't allowed to date like we are right now you know like our ancestors weren't allowed to pick and choose and be like actually no like it's not okay that you have you know not listened to what I've explain to you that I'm wanting and you're still trying to sleep with me anyway you know like always you know our ancestors weren't really we they couldn't be picky they had to marry for money or status or survival or many things you know so I guess there's so much and intertwined into why it's painful to be vulnerable and authentic when you're dating when I think about when I always think about our our ancestors and the differences between us and them and even the generations you know like even our parents and our grandparents generations I just think you know even completely even up to our parents generation yeah um they were just surviving you know they were really just surviving and it's really only our generation and the ones um that have come after us that are in the absolute privileged place to we, ha- we just have so many more tools now for our, I think it comes down to like nervous system capacity, to be honest, because yeah. we're, we're not in survival anymore. A lot of us are, were able to break out of that. And now we're moving into a place of thriving and we have the luxury to, yeah, identify our wants and needs and actually ask for those. And there's, there's, it's my understanding is it's all comes down to nervous system capacity because our ancestors did not have the same it was so restricted and we're so lucky that you know we have this like wellness and um culture has changed so much and it's changing so much and we're encouraged to you know look after our health and our mental health more than ever Mm -hmm. so we're able to do things so differently so yeah and I, I guess like it's that. acknowledging that still some places in the world they aren't so yeah. like yeah. what we can do to like advocate for women who are mm-hmm. still trapped in the patriarchal system and don't have free will is to fucking fight for our will you know yeah. like well yeah. our 
our choice, you know, our ability to choose and to be picky and to um, encourage our men to learn about themselves. So, you know, cause like personally, like I suffer from a bit of like what I call man hater rage. So I flux in and out of this and it's not that I hate men. So please don't take me wrong, but I, I have trauma from men and I have wounds and also not that, not just that I do spiritual work. So like I've channeled, you know, past life stuff and, and it's really important to me and feminism is really important to me. So it's constantly for me, like trying to see that, that, that dislike that I can sometimes feel towards men Mm -hmm. is not serving me. It's not serving Mm -hmm. the collective. It's Mm -hmm. there though. And so I recognize it when it's coming up, but I'm like, okay, this is why this message is important because I will be mostly educating women, but those women will educate men and they will teach men by them rising the fuck up. That will encourage our men to rise up and to learn about balance and why finding this balance is important and why encouraging our women to be their truest, most authentic and vulnerable, like crazy in quotation marks, self is important, you know, because Mm -hmm. that's what's going to encourage us to be deeply intimate. And I think Mm -hmm. most of our men don't even realize it yet, but when they achieve that, their sex life is going to improve like tenfold because when a woman feels free to be herself, fuck, like that's a sexual powerhouse, right? Like honestly yeah let's talk about that because that's something that crossed my mind when I thought about coming to talk with you as well was yeah the the huge difference in sex going from well I don't know this might not be your experience but in my experience Mm -hmm. going from the cool girl yeah going from that and shifting into the more vulnerable and the more connected and the more um uh, truthful version of myself how much the sex changed because like you said vulnerability and being vulnerable to somebody and as a you know having a male return the vulnerability mm-hmm. um, and the intimacy is just a complete different game and yeah like yeah. you said do men know that do they know that um that vulnerability is a fucking turn on like vulnerability is really the key the key I'm convinced the key to the the dare I say the best sex yes the best sex right yes. dare you say I know it, that like... there's lots of like lots <laughs> of my girlfriends are like they just you know they love they love a good you know rough one night stand no emotions like that's totally cool absolutely that's everything every experience serves its purpose but for me I'm just like the 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 depth that comes with yeah being vulnerable but I think like I don't know like I can't you can't speak for everyone I can only speak from my experience and I've had both you know like I've had the rough one night stands and I've had the vulnerable heart opening soul bombing sex you know I've been in both places and like just because I like some rough wild superficial human sex Mm -hmm. does not take away from the fact that 
I know in my heart of hearts, and this is why I teach mm-hmm. soul sex, right? This is the core of it. I know that that type of sex is not only the best sex, but soul sex, which you achieve through being vulnerable and honest and authentic and connecting heart to heart. Mm. That sex has the ability to change your life. And I've seen it. Like Mm -hmm. I've literally like since I, not just since I, but since I've been doing this work, obviously like I've fluxed and flowed, but I've had orgasms that have like left me smiling for a whole week and I'm not <laughs> don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Like, and and it's not it's, I, I mean to be honest like my tantric my official tantric journey happened at the end of my relationship so I haven't actually had like I can only imagine the sex okay. that will happen mm-hmm. in my next partnership like mm-hmm. I'm just like oh, like I haven't had sex in ages but um yeah I just honestly I I know it's possible. And the more I do this work, the more I experience it for myself. It's the same as spirituality, right? Like I didn't really believe people could, could, like I did. I thought, oh, that's cool. People can talk to spirit, but I didn't fully believe it until I did it myself. It's the same with these, like, this is why I called this podcast the Cosmic Pleasure Podcast because they call it Cosmic Orgasm. Mm. So it's like the soul expansive orgasm Mm. and it's, it's treating sex like, like an orgasm the whole sexual experience but we can only treat sex like and the whole experience is an orgasm if we're connected because you don't you don't want to treat it like that if you're just like superficial fucking right if you don't want to get feels and you're trying to block yourself from feeling Mm -hmm. the feelings Mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to be present Mm -hmm. enough to really feel the stroke of his fingertips on your skin like Mm -hmm. you can't really fully drop in mm-hmm. um I have so many questions around this okay go <laughs> um because I'm just this is definitely I don't practice tantra yeah tantra? I don't practice tantra but um just from you know my experiences and I've definitely had similar experiences and just since stepping more into yeah myself and being more connected to myself and finding someone who was also very connected to themselves yeah to an extent um and just the yeah the pleasure is so different intimacy is so different um and I've absolutely had sex that has completely changed my life I've, I've realized that how sex can be so healing yeah. and I've never experienced it before not even any in any of my relationships you know mm-hmm. um and I've just had experiences that have really healed so many different different wounds you know and I yeah it's it's been amazing but um my question for you is oh one thing that I wanted to add in as well is you know when going into a place like this you said when you um aren't vulnerable and when you're blocking yourself off from feeling and catching Mm. feels you're blocking yourself off from a lot of other feelings as well so of course you're not going to reach that depth um and I guess that leads to what I was going to say what I was going to ask you was um you know there, there obviously has to be a level of emotional safety with the person or else you're not going to reach those depths yeah so I suppose um, a challenge for me has been meeting somebody 
who I've really connected with on this level mm. um, and them still being somewhat emotionally unavailable and it's still being on a casual basis so yeah. so I want to hear your thoughts around um this kind of like healing deep connected sex mm. with somebody that you're not actually partnering with someone that yeah. you're not actually in a relationship with mm-hmm. it's it's sort of on this casual term you know there's casual terms on this casual basis yeah but still there's such depth there when it does happen mm-hmm. so, and it's completely new to me so I'm like I want to hear what you think about like yeah, is this maintainable I, I feel like you're already going to say I feel like I already know what you're going to say but <laughs> so I think it's a case-by-case basis I think yeah. that in my heart's truest truth, I think for me, I struggle to feel safe because I have mm-hmm. abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. So I struggle to completely let go mm-hmm. when I feel like somebody's leaving me or using me. And I think there's many reasons for that. So like, mm-hmm. Um, I know like there's a trigger for me even like dressing up and things like that Mm. Um, I do I can do it but I have to be aware that I'm I have to remind myself I'm not a porn star you know like because Mm. I have issues around it but I am self-aware enough to know that but I think for you it can be completely different to how Mm. it is for me and this is Mm. what people need to be really aware of like so while I talk about casual sex and bringing awareness to it is so important to be self-aware but you are it's also recognizing as you say like you can make safe connections that are casual Mm -hmm. and you can have respectful connections that are casual you absolutely can and I have had them myself and I've had soul bombing sex probably not like the best sex of my life but like really connected amazing sex with a casual connection that might be like relatively casual but we still see each other a few times but it's nothing more than that um Mm -hmm. So it's absolutely possible. It's just recognizing that to have, you have to have an element of heart-centered connection. It can't Mm -hmm. be like, like for me, like I struggle when people say, I used to say it myself. So this is no judgment. I used to say, drunk sex is the best sex. And people would say that to me. And I'm like, no, drunk sex is letting you be vulnerable because you're afraid Mm -hmm. to be vulnerable in real life. And Mm -hmm. that's why it becomes your best sex. If you can learn to be brave enough to be vulnerable in real time without any alcohol in your system, Mm -hmm. that will be your best sex. Like, absolutely. So I think when it comes to casual connections, it's like seeing where your intention lays. Like I much prefer, I can't actually, I don't really enjoy drunk sex anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I used to love it. Like it used to be my Mm -hmm. fave, but now I just don't really enjoy it. And I just feel like disconnected and I, my pussy shuts down and all that kind of stuff. So it's trying to, um, yeah, just have this up awareness that to have you can have amazing sexual experiences in a casual I mean in tantra there's mixed opinions um I know there's a lot of tantric practitioners that are kind of against it and promote it Mm. being unhealthy but I don't think that's the case and I think we're in a time I think I don't think that's the case for everyone I think you have to 
tune into yourself and you know I mean I'm not saying never to casual sex you know like Mm. I will never say never to anything because Mm. anything is possible and I could make a connection tomorrow with someone who I feel completely safe with and be like what the hell is this and you know we'll be completely content doing it so it's a case-by-case basis thing Mm. really I guess Mm. (laughs) yeah I completely agree with you and I think I think that case by case and also face by face time by time Mm. like Mm -hmm. sometimes certain things serve you and then a week later they just don't anymore so yeah and you might be in your ovulation phase and super horned up (laughs) and you're like fuck it you know like ovulation phase exactly and like I do get like that I'm like oh I I say to my girlfriend sometimes I'm like oh you think I should just have casual sex with that guy and they're like maybe and I probably could in that moment but if you got me premenstrual or if you got mm-hmm. me like mm-hmm. maybe like just on the way out of ovulation, maybe not, you know, like, mm-hmm. it, or if I've had a bad day, like, um, yeah, as you say, it's like analyzing the time and the connection, all that kind of stuff. And I guess like what I wanted to say earlier, because I was kind of like going on the anti-casual like buzz was like, you also sometimes and this is what I found this year because like I've had plenty of slutty pants phases in my life and I was like I don't need to do that anymore and then I came out of the relationship I'm like it's actually not easy as easy as I thought it was like to not go back to casual because I was like I'm not having sex obviously and I'm really good at sexing myself now you know like I've I can have sex with myself almost like a partner would but not quite you know like not quite so it's easier said than done sometimes Mm. um but I guess what I wanted to really like um share with listeners is like don't beat yourself up if you need to go back casual and then it doesn't so it's like okay it's like eating mcdonald's right we all know it's not good for us but sometimes we just need to go like back and try it just to make sure that we feel sick afterwards you know like it's like (laughs) remember how crap we got (laughs) yeah exactly and it's the same with um and also you're here to learn you're here to be human so like don't i i personally can take it too seriously so this is why i'm i'm reminding any of you that are like trying to get on the healthy sex buzz and you're like oh no i can't have casual sex sometimes we have to go and have a casual sex to confirm or deny our experiences and we're here to live fully you know yeah I was just having the same yarn with my girlfriend today and you know Mm. we were talking back and forth about this situation that she's in and this guy and she had feels for him and then he said this but now he's doing this and it's so messy and confusing and I just had to take a moment to be like just remember that you know don't beat yourself up about anything you've said or anything you've done it's all a part of the human experience like the messy the ugly the sore the amazing the high the low like it's all just part of it and yeah like you said we can take it so seriously sometimes and really it's just just ride if we can it's not always that easy but if we can just ride the wave because there's always so much learning so much learning I'm definitely not an anti-casual buzz either it's just at my current phase I like you said earlier I've left casual sex um you know like a few occasions now feeling super unfulfilled and like you really craving like the aftercare you know like the the and like feeling really vulnerable after not receiving the the continued intimacy you know that a lot of us need post having casual sex we still need someone to check in and see how we are and 
you know, and I think them. there's just human decency. And there's that I mean? too. Like there's I just too. feel like aftercare. <laughs> I mean, men aren't taught this, so I, I'm. It's no. not like a you're a prick if you haven't <laughs> done aftercare. But it's like men, if you want to be better lovers, mm-hmm. nurture us the whole fucking way. Like absolutely before, after, and during. Like nurture us. This is how you're going to like grow sexually. And absolutely. Yeah, I think there's something so powerful. And I just, I have this feeling that like indigenous, and this ties back to your stuff, like I feel like indigenous loving, like back in the day, they would have fucking done that. You know, it would have been an innate teaching. Like this is how you love, you know, this is how Mm -hmm. you, and I mean, I know in Tantra they teach it and Tantra is an indigenous teaching. It's been westernized Mm -hmm. yeah, and like transformed and unfortunately over-sexualized, hyper-sexualized, but I'm sure like in original traditional Maori culture, this is probably how they loved. I don't know. I can't confirm or deny that, but just based off all the other um, ideas that I know that we had and that we still have, yeah, I would say it's it's quite likely. You know, our our ideas were very different to um, those that we have in the society that we live in now, and just the way that we viewed women and children was so so different to mm. the way that we do now in this society that we live in. And, um, yeah, like, you know, I guess we can go into that sort of stuff now, like even mm. just, um, our wahine, you know, we, the womb is mm. called Te Whare Tangata, which is mm. the house of people. And yeah. there was nothing more important, you know, there was nothing more important when I know I definitely need to, um, learn more about. Māori sexuality and yeah me too um, I feel like yeah, man, so. our indigenous practices and stuff and but even just learning about um our tangata health and um our practices around menstruation and bleeding you know we had very very different ideas you know like our wahine um, one story that I was told and you know village to village um land to land all there'll be different practices but one story that I was told was you know our wahine when they were bleeding they were put in a completely separate part of the village and they were all put together and they were put there not to be separated from everybody else because they're gross like Mm. what the way similar thinking that we have now not like that it was because they needed to rest they needed to reserve their energy to um cleanse to let that energy happen to let the bleed happen to let it run Mm. its course you know there was so much importance placed on that and it's their vision of the red tent time yeah right it it is and and I hate and I just hate that like at school I thought that like I don't know if I was at school but somewhere along the line someone did say that to me like and I was like Maori is evil how could they do that how could they put like and this is like my own culture and I'm like demonizing it because I don't know any better like and this is why we have to be so quick careful and question everything but of course as kids we don't know that um but yeah like that patriarchy is just messed up indigenous teachings you know it's not that women were dirty and periods are not dirty Mm -hmm. absolutely and you know so so because I grew up thinking, you know, all the same things. My ideas of menstruation, sexuality, everything completely, completely warped by um, the society, just societal conditioning and the patriarchy, yeah. like you said. It's just completely, yeah. 
obliterated any of the ideas that my ancestors would have had because I have um, ancestors who still live um, in villages in Malaysia you know like oh, I wow. have yeah I have Indian ancestors and all the ideas you know behind all of these ancient and, and indigenous cultures they're all very similar so growing up I guess when I made full circle and came to the realization um, and the remembrance of indigenous practice I was like wow I really was taught things so completely different to my what my blood knew you know like yeah what I actually knew um at the at the deepest depths you know yeah um so so different so different but I guess yeah coming back into the indigenous knowing and learning so much of what I learned was from Dr Ngahue Murphy so I've got to send you some of her stuff because yes, it would be please. really interesting to you yeah mm -hmm. and anyone who's listening urge you she's done so much important work and and all of her work as well she lists all the people that have come before her that have done the same similar work um yeah. really studying um indigenous practices and indigenous understanding of menstruation and she shares so much amazing knowledge and um you know even just down to the names that we would use for menstruation um my mind is blank over <laughs> the exact definitions but That's um awatua was one of them so mm. the the river of the gods te awa our river that's mm. gods you know like yeah. it was truly seen as when we were menstruating we were passing spirit you know spirits we we're passing life it was mm -hmm. um just so the ideas were just so 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 different and that also came down to like how we viewed our children as well was completely different to the way that we do in in society now mm. our ideas around raising children and um that yeah motherhood and everything were completely different as well you know like one thing that my first mentor taught me and in my first midi midi one I guess she actually said to me um because my babies came in for the I think it was the second day and they were only there for a little bit but she, um there was two other kids there as well and she just said you know our babies of course they should be here because I think us us women were a bit like oh I'm sorry you know I had to bring the kids in I couldn't yeah put them out and she was like no way you know our kids are so that they, they are meant to be in places like this you know like our tupuna would have regarded them and treated them as they were you know as if they were just as important as us in every aspect you know they were truly their own what she said word for word was um they were their own rangatira like they were they were the chiefs you know like we had so much to learn from them yeah we we let them rule their own roost you know and we were mm. there to to guide that we weren't there to you know control and to dictate and dictate to and control and yeah yeah and they don't they don't just slot into our lives where they where yeah. they need to like it was yeah. about them developing as their whole you know as, as their whole spirit as as a rangatira yeah. coming into their own power you know that was so important and it's just yeah just highlights the, the crazy differences um between like yeah indigenous ideas and like you said it's and it I, echoes worldwide to yeah. so many different ancient cultures and indigenous cultures we all had the same ideas just slightly different terms slightly yeah. different wording you know and but I love that so much simple. because it's like yeah like in tantra they talk about um 
So we talk about sexual energy and how when we menstruate, sexual energy, a small amount of it leaves our body. So there's practices in Tantra that you can circulate sexual energy from your ovaries up into around your body and into your hara. And also Hey babes, welcome back to the Cosmic Pleasure Podcast. Today on the pod, I'm interviewing a friend of mine called Whitney Ebony. And I loved this chat so much. Um, I have had to separate it into two parts because we just couldn't help but yarn for way longer than intended. So I wanted to touch on, so we talked about something earlier, oh, about how you were feeling so um, nourished and like you were healing stuff during the sexual experience. That's because sexual energy is, can actually be utilized and used like Reiki or spiritual mm. energy. So it's the same mm. type of energy and it, we just haven't been taught how to use it. So that's mm. why sexual energy or the energy that we experience when we orgasm, mm. and if we're using it right and with pure intentions and impure connection, mm. that's why it can be so nourishing and so healing. But ultimately, we bleed a little bit of the sexual energy out. So it's so interesting that um, Maori culture would talk about the bleed and how it was like sacred and like um, life force energy, you know, bleeding life force energy, because it is literally like sexual energy, life force energy are pretty much one and the same. They're they're slightly different, but not really. So, yeah, so... It's so interesting how all, I, you know, I'd say most, if not all, Indigenous cultures are all intertwined. Just like when you're doing intuitive studies and like you're in the room with someone who's picking up the same thing, you're like, how did you read my mind? You know, like it's the same thing. It's like it's all interconnected. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Pleasure Podcast today, babes. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love if you would support my message mission by subscribing and reviewing my podcast. If you would like to follow my work, you can find me on social media at I am Amy D, or you can check out my website, amydintuitive.com. I hope to connect with you soon and I'm sending you so much love. Thank mm-hmm. you.